again. Welcome to yet another edition of Matt's Random Thoughts Podcast. And at the moment, I am still working on a very, very big project this summer. Not one, but two. And I won't give the details of the other project, but one project is about the children's album, All One Tribe, and it's coming your way very, very soon. But for now, since summer's here, at least in the U.S. and Canada, some of you may take the time to finally read some good books. And speaking of good books, I decided to call on my very good friend Kitty Feldy from the Book Club for Kids podcast to share some advice on how to make your kids good readers this summer. Oh, and while Kitty was there, she was able to tell us a little more about her brand new book from the Phenomen, about the Fina Mendoza Mysteries, the newest Fina Mendoza book. It's called, uh, it's called State of the Union, and it is coming your way August 13th. So we'll talk about that. Not to mention, with Kitty Feldy being working for an NPR station in, in Los Angeles covering the Capitol, and as NPR turns five decades old, we take a look back at some of her favorite memories of NPR. Here now is my conversation with Kitty Feldy about summer reading and her brand new book. Take it away, Kitty. It's good to have you back. Hello, it's good to have you back. I it's great to be back, Matthew. You are on my very first show, and it was an experiment. Back when it was just <laughs> an experiment, just for school. Yeah. Now you're a podcasting pro. What can we say? <laughs> Not so much, but what do you think about the changes I've underwent since our first get-together? You've become much more professional, my friend. Wow. So you, you really listen to me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And all right. So since summer is here uh, and a lot of people want to get their kids reading this summer, uh, what do you think? What are, what do you think are just some, some advice, tips, and whatever to get kids finally reading this summer especially if they're out and about for the very first time this year because the first time in forever and everybody wants to be out and about so i'm going to make two suggestions one is i've gotten hooked on audiobooks which are great because you can go out and walk and go to the beach or go to the park or whatever it is you want to do and in your ears, you've got a book going on. And I just find it really exciting because I'm able to combine the two things I really love to do, which are walk and read books, you know, without walking into trees, which is what I used to do. I used to walk around where I live and I literally walked into a tree branch one time. So it's a lot easier if you just have it in us an audio book. Wow, that's, that's crazy. That is totally crazy. What else? Well, the other thing is, and I don't know if this is true in the Philippines, but here in the United States, I mean, since the 19, well, let's see, since the 1900s, almost all of our public libraries have sponsored summer reading programs. And you need to sign up because there's all kinds of free stuff. Some of them give away pizzas, some of them give away movie tickets. I mean, it's all kinds of good stuff. And all you have to do is read a book. So it's like, you know, it's an easy way yeah. to get free pizza just by Amazing reading a book. Stuff. Amazing stuff. <laughs> do you have so those any, are my two suggestions. Do you have any like like young adult or, or middle grade books that you've been devouring throughout the pandemic that you'd like to recommend? 
for for let, some of us. To put let me give you some names. Let me give you some names of some. I'll talk about some of them in detail. And excuse me. And talk about some of them in detail. Give us a synopsis of ah. the story and whatever. In short. Okay. All right. Well, let me talk about um, one called "Because of Mr. Terrupt." That's T E R U P T, and it's Ra It's by Rob Bouillet. And it's the story of a class, you know, it's, it's, for, it's from September until June. It's the story of a class's journey. Um, and they have a really special teacher who makes learning really special, but more than that, he creates a real community in the classroom. And um, it's a wonderfully funny and um, recognizable read. I think if you read it, you'll recognize some of the goofballs that you went to school with and the troublemakers and the smart kids and the sport kids and all that kind of stuff. So it's a good read to remind you of the good parts of the last year of school. Yeah, so that's with all of us going virtual. I mean, I've known that some places in the United States and around the world have gone back yeah. to in-person classes. So maybe this book could be used as a refresher of what life was like. <laughs> to remind you of what it was like. And I'll give you one more school one, and it's a graphic novel um, called New Kid. And it's by Jerry Craft. And it's a lovely book. And I think it's good for kids and for adults both. Because there's a lot of kind of sly humor is the way I would describe it, that you know, kids may or may not get, but adults will get and go, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and it's the interest, it's a story about a kid from uh, a kind of a rough neighborhood whose his parents really want him to succeed in life. And they get him a scholarship to, I think he's got a scholarship, but anyway, he goes to a really fancy school uptown and he almost has to become a different person between the time he leaves his neighborhood and gets on the bus and gets off the bus at his new school, it's like he changes character, like a superhero putting on a different outfit throughout that journey. And it's his adjustment to this good new school, you know, and the question is, is it good or bad for him? I don't know. But that's the that's something for you as a reader to decide. So that's a good one to read also. Again, trying to just let go of the school year, not too abruptly. You know, we can just kind of think about those things and let him go. Yeah, And a couple of summer vacation books. Um, one is a mystery book. And if you liked the Westing game, you'll love this one. Um, it's Wait, called the Park. It's called, did you, game? you like Westing game? I've never heard of it, but what is it? Just oh my goodness. All right. Well, let me tell you about Westing game. Ellen Rankin wrote it. It's old. It's an older book. Now I have to say, Matthew, that it's not my favorite mystery book. But kids who like mysteries love it because it's a puzzle book and they can figure out the puzzle. And it's sort of a classic in the world of children's mysteries. So one writer loved that book so much, he sort of wrote his own tribute to that book. So after you read The Westing Game, then you should read The Parker Inheritance. And that one's by Varian Johnson. And it's about kids who go on summer vacation to this other town and they have to solve a local mystery there in that town as well. And it gets into all kinds of issues about racism and other things as well, but it's really at heart, just a really good mystery. So that one I would suggest. Um, if you like science fiction, I read a really good science fiction one. Um, it's called We're Not From Here and it's by Jeff Rodkey, J-E. O-F-F -F Rod Key. And um, the premise is that we have uh, messed up Earth so badly that we have to like leave the planet. 
And so what we're doing is trying to beg another planet to let us come and move there. And their only experience with um, earthlings is the stuff they watch on television and movies. And they just assume, you know, we blow buildings up and, um, you know, we shoot up guns in the streets and drive really fast. And we're not exactly the most model citizens. And so they don't really want earthlings on their planet. So um, we get to meet some interesting aliens on that planet and kind of learn what it's like to be the other. So that was really good. And a little older book I would highly recommend. It's called uh, The Blossom and the Firefly. And it's by Sherry L. Smith, who's one of my favorite kids writers in the entire world. All of her stuff is great. But this one is really interesting. It's, it takes place in World War II, but it takes place from the Japanese point of view. And I didn't know this, but there was a group of young women whose job it was, was basically to say goodbye to all of the pilots who were gonna go crash their planes, mostly on American warships. So they were going to their deaths, but it was up to these young women to send them off on this journey. And so it's a really interesting, you know, again, looking through the eyes of the quote unquote enemy and trying to find humanity in other people. Yeah. So it's, it's a really good read. It's very refreshing, especially with that we're not from here thing. You know, you can hear more insights on your podcast, right? Yeah. And I find it interesting. Very interesting selections. Once upon a time, there was a little girl from California. That's me. I'm Fina Mendoza. She had an older sister named Gabby. That's me. We moved to Capitol Hill to live with Papa. He's a politician. Congressman Arturo Mendoza of California's 34th Congressional District. D.C. is a weird place. <laughs> Mama said Washington had the ugliest shoes in America. I had to leave all my friends, my school, just when I was about to get my... Gabby should have been named Krabby. Ha ha. We got to see Papa every day instead of just on weekends when he flew back from Washington. But he was always on the phone. Hello, Carlos. The Veterans Roundtable on the 27th. But then you met your stupid dog. Senator something! <laughs> He's my best friend in Washington. I think it was President Truman who said, if you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. One day, I saw it. The demon cat of Capitol Hill. And bad things started happening. It was up to me and Senator Something to solve the mystery of the demon cat of Capitol Hill. These are the Fina Mendoza Mysteries. Coming this Halloween on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe now. You just heard a preview of the Fina Mendoza Mysteries, a podcast by Kitty Feldy based on her book, Welcome to Washington, Fina Mendoza. You can listen to the Fina Mendoza Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. 
here now is, and now that we are on the subject of Fina Mendoza, we have Kitty Feldy talking about what to expect in her new Fina Mendoza mystery, State of the Union. Cool. So I've enjoyed your Fina Mendoza mysteries book and your podcast. Very Thank wonderful you. stuff. Wonderful Thank you. stuff. And I heard that you've got something coming up this, this September, October. What is it? Actually, it's August 13th, the second book in the Fina Mendoza series called State of the Union. Yeah, I know. It's only about a month away. I'm very excited. All right. It's going to be a Now, I'll show you, Matthew. This is not the cover. This is the early cover, but this is what the early cover looked like. Yes. Thanks so for there's a new it. dog. There's a new dog. He's this annoying little yappy dog, kind of a part bird dog. He thinks he's the center of the universe and Senator something. Our other dog's a little bit jealous. <laughs> you saw it first from Kitty Feldy. <laughs> <laughs> and this story takes place um, in wintertime in Washington, D.C. And every year the president goes from the White House to the U.S. Capitol to give a speech to Congress about what he wants them to do this year. Yeah. And it's called the State of the Union Address. And that's the name of this second book. It's called State of the Union. Because at this particular State of the Union, a very unusual thing happens. In the middle of the speech, a bird poops on the president's head. <laughs> wow. What a twist. What a twist, folks. <laughs> and it's up to Fina, as well as everybody else in Washington is looking for this bird. So she's got to track down this mysterious bird. Yeah, mysterious bird. I mean, it has nothing to do with Reggie from Mama the World. Right? <laughs> no, you know it doesn't. Reggie? No, I don't. Well, anyway, but uh, when you started writing this, uh, like, pre-pandemic or? Yes, I started writing it pre-pandemic. I finished it in the middle of the pandemic. That's the only thing a pandemic is good for is it, it makes you sit down at your desk because you can't go anywhere else. You may as well do some writing. Yeah, me too. So I finished I the book. Yeah, I, I finished that. the book. And uh, with all the all the uh, crazy political stuff going on in the United States, <laughs> do you think that that is that some kind of uh, is did that allow you to express all your inner thoughts about politics? Well, you know, you don't want to keep to other people because the the thing is, Matthew, I feel like you know, to write a book, it takes a long time. But with the podcast, what it allowed me to do was to try to catch up on current events. So for the Fina Mendoza Mysteries podcast, we did special episodes, one on the election, one on going to school during coronavirus. And then after the U.S. attack, um, the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, I felt like I had to do something to address that because... You know, I worked in that building for almost 10 years. I knew all those places where all those people were going. And it, and I felt it very personally. And then I thought, you know, all of Fina's classmates, all of their parents work in that building. And they must have been freaked out when things started happening. So then I asked, well, what's the larger question that we need to answer? And to me, the larger lesson, if you want to put it that way, is that, you know, in baseball or in spelling bees or in politics, you got to have winners and you got to have losers. 
And you have to be, if you're the loser, you have to accept the results. You can't just go and have a fit and tear up the baseball diamond or trash the classroom. You have to accept the results. And so that's sort of the larger issue that we address in that special two-part Vita Mendoza mystery episode. So I get to talk about current events a lot more in the in the podcast than I do in the book. The book is about, although actually in the second book, Congress is taking a look at immigration reform. Now I wrote that long before Congress decided it was going to tackle immigration reform. So, you know, maybe I was able to see into the future. What? Uh, amazing. Amazing, you know, great. Amazing how you, uh, I'm not sure if you predicted it or saw the future, but that's good. And it was in the air, as we say. And the immigration reform, uh, would FINA be affected? Is there, do you write any, did you write anything about FINA being affected in some Well, way? you know, her grandmother in the second book finally moves to Washington, D.C. to be with the family. You know, in the first book, she broke her leg, so she wasn't able to move when the family moved. In the second book, she arrives, and the first thing she does when she arrives at the airport, the airport closest to Washington, D.C. downtown is called Reagan National. It's named after Ronald Reagan. Well, Ronald Reagan was, when he was president, Congress, that was the last time that Congress passed immigration reform. And 2 million people living here in the United States were allowed to become citizens. And one of those people was Fina's grandmother. And so Fina's grandmother, Abuelita, really loves Ronald Reagan. And when her son is appointed to a committee working on immigration reform, she decides she's going to become an activist. And so she's out protesting with all the protesters in front of the U.S. Capitol. So, yeah, it, it affects Fina's family in, in many ways. And, uh, you know, with all the racial awakening and the, and the people awakening to this crisis and like the minorities being underrepresented and whatever, uh, do you think that that Fina Mendoza is your way of allowing kids to like see themselves? Because... At this moment, I'm currently doing a series of interviews for this new kids album called uh, All One Tribe, which is featuring all these Black artists. And I urge you to listen. I that keep sounds saying, great. I urge you to listen. You should not <laughs> miss out on this. It supports Black artists and it gives them representation. Any thoughts on how Fina Mendoza puts uh, representation in... Like well, you know, Matthew, I live, I grew up in Southern California, and it's very multicultural here. And even in my own family, we're very multicultural. I have four adopted brothers, two adopted nephews, two of my brothers married Japanese or Japanese American women. My niece married an, uh, a Latino man. And if you look at all of our ethnicities, we kind of look like America, you know what I mean? Armenian, Native American, African American, Latin American, you know what I mean? So to me, that's what America is all about. And so I find it very powerful for young people to find a hero that looks like them, you know? And I think the fact that Fina's grandmother came as an immigrant, her father is a congressman, you know, and she's this super detective I think that really gives a good, strong message that anyone can succeed in America. Yeah, a very timely statement. Uh, so since NPR is turning 50 this year, what are your favorite memories of working with, with some of the key journalists and figures there? Well, 
I'll tell you a couple of funny stories. Uh, one of the things I did uh, in my long journalism career was uh, cover the O.J. Simpson trial. Oh, I, interesting. And I was, I, they had one seat in the courtroom for radio reporters. And because most of the radio reporters worked for the all news stations and they had to go live every hour, or half hour or 20 minutes or what it was, the rule was if you got up and left your seat, you lost the seat. So somebody had to sit in that seat every single day. And suddenly I became the person, because my, the way my deadlines fell, I could sit in that seat three of the four times during the day. And I suddenly became the scheduler for that fourth time so we wouldn't lose our seat. Now other people would come in and trade off, but every day I was in the courtroom. So one day, um, Susan Stamberg was coming to town from Washington. OMG, D. Susan Stamberg. And Susan, Susan wanted to sit in that seat, desperately wanted to sit in that seat. So I got her in the seat. Now, all of a sudden, I'm Susan Stamberg's best friend. And Susan has been so kind to me. She wrote a blurb for um, for Fina Mendoza, you know, for Welcome to Washington, Fina Mendoza. She wow. wrote a blurb. That's she, amazing. She was our guest on um, a book club for kids episode. Actually, we're rerunning it this week. We taped it at the National Archives and Susan was our celebrity reader. I mean, Susan has been very kind to me. Everybody calls her Mama Susan because she's just, you know, that's who she is. Yeah. And her son is an actor. Her son is an actor and I went to go see him and all of his plays when he was here in Los Angeles. So it's it's like a big family, you know? Yeah. It's a nice big family. Any Go ahead. Any other memories of like meeting some other big names at NPR, other big wigs? Well, I'll tell you, one of my favorite people is Peter Sagal, who does the, he's the host of the game show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yeah. And um, he, he would come to Los Angeles quite often because they would tape shows and they would be fundraisers for the station. And, you know, it was a big audience event, usually at the Greek theater or something like that. So we were chatting and stuff like that. And I got invited to be their celebrity guest on the show. But, yeah, but you know, here's how things work out. I was doing a version of book club for kids even back then. And we got the mayor of Los Angeles to be our celebrity reader. So I'm in the mayor's office and I'm waiting for the mayor and I'm waiting for the mayor and I'm waiting for the mayor. And I'm getting all these phone calls from wait, wait, saying you're supposed to be in the studio to tape your segment. And I said, no, you said it was at noon. They said, yeah, noon our time, you know, not, we got the time zones all messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's so they had all these wrong. questions that were cat related and then they just dragged somebody else in to be me. So I never got to be on the show. <laughs> but I, Peter I teases me about that all the time. I believe you will someday. I believe you will. You if will. I get to be a big enough star, Matthew, courtesy of you, maybe I will. Yes. Thanks to me, I might send a shout out to him. Oh, there you go. And any any more? You've got any more stuff from? Um, well, you know, I spent a lot of time, um, like I said, at the OJ trial, and um, Ina Jaffe and Renee Montaigne were my buddies there. We used to run into each other all the time in the courthouse. Um, now NPR's West is about two miles from where I live, so oftentimes I would go down there to tape as well. Um, one of my good friends is the boss at the science desk now at NPR in Washington, D.C. And, but I knew her when she was a student intern at the station. And one year, the two of us went to spring training to watch the Dodgers 
its spring training back when they played in Florida. And um, it was great fun. One night, both of us had, there was, a, the Dodgers always had us a party on the night of um, St. Patrick's Day because the owners were the O'Malley's, the Irish oh. O'Malley's. And so they had this big, yes. And the two of us had more than a little to drink, shall we just say? And we called our boss. And to this day, he still gives us both a hard time about calling him pretty drunk, I have to admit. So Andrea Kissick, who's now the big boss at the science desk, wasn't much of a big boss back then. Well, yeah, yeah. So from small, from zero to hero, I suppose. There you go, or hero to zero. <laughs> I heard you worked with the guy from Brains On. Uh, his name is Sandin Tuck. Sandin Tuck, oh, yes. We love you. I love you, Brains On. <laughs> We love Sandin too. Sandin worked so hard on Brains On long before it was his full-time job. He was doing that on weekends and holidays and, you know, on his vacations because he loved the show so much. And at the same time, he was still reporting full-time. So I don't know how we ever got any sleep at all. But Sandin's one of the nicest people on planet Earth. Yeah. Okay. Now can we invite people to check out your new book? Definitely. Hold it up. Yeah. Oh, me hold it up. So yes. you're talking yes. about my book or their book? Yes, your book. <laughs> my book. It's called State of the Union, a Fina Mendoza mystery. And it goes on sale August 13th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. The publisher yes. is Chesapeake Press. And it's a good read. Yes. It's a good read. Yes. And it's, will it become into the podcast very, very soon? It will, now that we can actually see each other in person. That was the big problem as we were doing all our recording remotely and we needed to do this one in person. And while I was in Washington, DC, I was doing some recording of some of the sounds that you'll hear in the podcast. So it'll be authentic. Yeah, the real Washington. Uh, I heard that Mars Patel was re-released with some cinematic editing and sound. So maybe I might give that a go. There we go. Well, you know, we made a decision with FINA to be very different. You know, usually when yeah. you tape those um, very highly produced shows, you do it in a studio yes. so that there's no sound at all. And then you mix the sound back in. And what we wanted to do with FINA was to have it sound authentic so that you would be with us, Matthew, as we went through the Capitol Crypt so that we would record in places that sounded exactly like yeah. that. It'll take the echoes and footsteps and things like that. Yeah, you can't go to Washington, D.C., but you can still go there with you. There you go. Yeah, and we had to find a place, because I knew he wouldn't let us into the crypt to actually tape, we had to find places that sounded like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I you're very lovely, and I'd love to have you back as often as I could, you know, <laughs> about to share some reading You're very sweet, and, Matthew. And recommended reading, and, yeah, I'd love to have you back. Sounds good. We'll check in again in a few months. How about that? Yeah, we'll see you again in the fall. All right. That sounds good, Matthew. Have a great summer. Yeah, you too. Thanks ever so much to our very wonderful friend, Kitty Feldy, for coming back to the show to share some great summer reading advice and what to expect from her new book. Her new book is called The Fina Mendoza Mysteries, State of the Union, or, or rather, uh, State of the Union, A Fina Mendoza Mystery. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, it's coming your way uh, August 13th, and you can pre-order it on Amazon or wherever you get your books. 
And you can also check out the Fina Mendoza Mysteries podcast. You can listen and subscribe on your favorite app for more of that great Kitty Fowley content. And of course, not to mention, well, the Book Club for Kids podcast, because they've got great reading recommendations from great kids from all over the United States and the world. For more reading tips, you might want to visit Kitty's website at bookclubforkids.org. And that's it for this show. We, once again, expect, thanks for listening, and expect even more big surprises coming your way this summer. I can't wait. <laughs>